BustedTees.com. Like t-shirts? I, I have a question. Why have you not already gone there and started buying all the cool geeky gear they offer? Look, I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor. I mean, they are, so it helps. But I'm saying this because it's true and because we love you and we want to see you smile, boo. They have retro movie, game, and pop culture-inspired clothing and apparel, and their stuff is amazing. Go over, drop some gear in your cart, then drop our promo code at checkout. That's my name, Jason, 25945, and they're going to hook you up with a sweet discount. You're happy, we're happy, peace falls across the world, and you look badass when it happens. That code again is Jason, 25945, and that website is bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. This is Brad. And Pete. And I'm Giff. We host Pop Culture Yearbook, and we want to unlock your memories. Do you love pop culture? Are you nostalgic like us? Do you want to learn more about your favorite movies, TV shows, and music? Maybe you're just nostalgic to relive a movie or rediscover an album. We love the 80s and 90s, but with Pop Culture Yearbook, we cover more current topics, too. There's something for everyone. Whether you're a diehard pop culture fan or just someone who's curious about the past, Pop Culture Yearbook is the podcast for you. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform and join us on a journey through our history of pop culture. Okay. Matt, you want to give me some some levels? Please similar to what Kevin just did. We just saw a little murder. I I did too. What'd you think? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do, do. Oh, hey ho, let's go, tapeworms. This is the mixtape. I am Jason Emmett, and by my side to kick off this grunge filled episode, the guy who tried to wear flannel but figured out he just looked like a jolly lumberjack, my friend, my brother from another mother and father, Twisted Kid Matt. Yeah. Yep. I actually do have some flannel, but uh, and yes, I do look. You like look a like a jolly lumberjack, not just yeah. a lumberjack. You're gonna. Look I, like I may jolly. or may not uh, put it on and and post a picture of me with my toque on. If you, if, yeah. if you are wearing flannel, I expect you to be singing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night, work all day. Oh god. <laughs> uh, so you might have caught it in there, but we're going to be joined. I don't know what you might have caught in there. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. You might have caught it in there, but we're going to be joined. Uh, 
here after the break by our main man, KC. And the three of us will be dropping our grunge mixtape. This one was interesting. Had a bit of a discussion on a few choices made this time around. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Questioning a lot about KC's choices. But like I say in the, the, uh, it's not really an interview. Like I say in the episode, um, I really want to hear the listeners' opinions. Yeah. Well, I, Whenever we get to that, yeah. Uh, respond. I want to know. Well, before we get thoughts. into the meat, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the meat before we start the meat. Yeah, because this is just the potatoes, uh, baby. Let's do a little. Let's do a little. Uh, let's take a minute to do a little quick house cleaning, and then we'll 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 talk about it before we start off the episode proper. Uh, if you haven't had a look at the YouTube channel, you should. Uh, it's just us guys acting dumb. And it's the new home of all things Twisted Kid. Uh, Matt spends a lot of time getting frustrated over there. So if you can, (laughs) follow the link in the show notes and give it a watch because it's a lot of fun, too. Uh, Poor Matt. It's just he's learning on the fly, buddy. He's trying to figure it out as he goes along. And he's doing a great job. Um, So please go over and show him some love and support there. They're basically really, really long TikToks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> 45 minute long tiktoks um we want to give a little shout out uh post topic before we get into it to uh, atomic cotton we'll mention oh, yeah. it again after but uh atomic cotton is not a sponsor just a place we appreciate and want to promote it a bit uh, they make awesome fan shirts a lot of them are horror movie themed related 80s nostalgia cool designs i think it's just uh, atomiccotton.com is it .com AtomicCotton.com if you want to check it out. Uh, that's going to get you there. We are we are sponsored by BustedTees.com, um, and they have a bunch of crazy and fun shirts and apparel as well. Uh, please check them out also. And if you decide to buy something, drop our promo code Jason25945 in at checkout. It's going to get you like a 20% discount. We don't get anything for Atomic Cotton, and they're different shirts. They're not the same thing. We said a lot of like horror-themed stuff. And we talk about it a little at the end of this episode, but uh, they just have some really cool shit over there. And Matt is yeah. friends with them. He he met them a while back. And uh, so we want to kind of give them a little shout out. If you happen to have a business or uh, anything you do, any artwork, or maybe you're a musician or something, and you would like us to check out your stuff and maybe give you a little shout out here on the show, drop us a line. You are mixtape podcast at gmail.com. Show us what you got. And we'll uh, we'll give you a shout out here on the show, just because we yeah. just no nothing in it for us. We just want to talk about things we think are cool, and we're like, hey, we have a little bit of an audience. Maybe we can help out other people. So hopefully we can. Yeah, Erica and Zach from Atomic Cotton will probably just high five me. That's cool. I'm the same so he'll get like, a high five out of it. Yeah, I, man, thought we weren't, I thought we weren't getting anything out of it. Turns sure, out you're getting take, a high I mean, five. I might get a high five. <laughs> uh, the contest uh, that sucker is rounding the bases and heading for home. We've had a couple of entries. Uh, we're looking over them in order, in the order they were received, and we will be announcing a winner here soon. Uh, you could still submit your answers to us, even if we have a winner. Uh, who knows? We don't know. There may be some uh, follow-up, just randomly selecting yeah. a winner and know. doing something. Even if not, it's, it's still cool just knowing you're I mean, right, right? Yeah, you're not going to be the pop culture champion. But you'd still be right. But you'd still be right. And it, like and you, could, you could call your wife in the room and be like, see? I boom, told you. I am right. I told you I know all this useless information. that You, <laughs> you know, say I'm never right, and I was right. <laughs> yeah, about this completely irrelevant thing. These guys validated me. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will validate you, because you yeah. are valid to us. That's we cool. will send you a, 
uh, a TikTok saying he he was right. <laughs> That's all. It's right. We're not going to specify your name. It's just going to be or one they TikTok were right. saying you were right. Yeah. That's that's all it's going to say. Um, (laughs) If you're wondering what contests we're referring to, episode uh, 98, 99, and 100. Did is it 100? Should be. Is it Ron Wasserman? Yeah, yeah. 98, 99. Thank you. 98, 99, and 100 are the three clues to lead you up to what we mean by the contest. So if you want to go and check those out, and you should anyway, uh, because they're all really fun episodes like we had fun doing all three of those episodes go so go check those out uh so we're gonna be talking 90s grunge this week uh this was a lot of fun putting this one together i think a lot of time when we start discussing certain genres of music there's a little confusion as to what does and does not constitute that genre and a little bit of that came up this week so Mm -hmm. we do definitely have a discussion about it because a couple of song choices are made and I think as far as songs go I think they're fair and we're going to get into yeah. that you might there's some band arguments to be made about it but you know yeah. we I think Matt even said we had a little more discussion this week than we typically do about and he's right we did uh, because Kevin just, <laughs> just throws us Kevin's off sometimes. Kevin man there's some curveballs in there uh, it's a good deal let's go ahead and drop our social media bits all over you guys right now uh, then we're going to yeah, drop our bits on you. our social media bits. Um, then with, we're going to with permission. Then we're going to kick off this week's. No, you're here, man. You, that's all the permission <laughs> we need to drop. <laughs> you know what you're in for. <laughs> you're going to get social media bits all over your face. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, it sounds dirty, but it's really not. Nothing bad's been said at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we're all consenting adults here. So I'm not going to force my social media down your throat, but you're going to have to listen your to it. Your children listen. You're either going to have to listen to it or you're going to have to skip through it, though, because it's about to happen. <laughs> One way or the other. The social media is coming. Here's the rails, and there we are. Just I'm barely off. on them, but I'm still there a little bit, like, well, I'm wobbling. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to drop our social media here. We'll be right back after the break, and we'll be boi- We'll be boined. We'll be boined. I don't have it up, man. I can't. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to sing the Stroke song, that's fine. <laughs> I don't have it. I would have hit it like fifteen times by now if I did. Uh, we will be joined by Casey to talk about nineties grunge rock right after this. I'm starting to think he really is having a stroke sometimes. <laughs> Hey, you guys might not know this. You should because we talk about it all the time. But we have all the social medias you could want and more. That's right. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Most of those places you can find us if you look up the Mixtape Podcast. But you can just go over to the website, which is themixtapepod.com, and there'll be links and everything. You can get it there. But... Uh, we also have a phone number. Matt, would you like to give the folks at home that phone number? Absolutely. Hey, guys, we have a phone number. And you can call it, leave a message, which we would almost definitely play. That number is 513-437-2377. Or, if it's easier, just call 513-HERAD77. Call it and be cool. There you go. Guys, go check us out on all the social medias and be as cool as we are. Or, well, you're going to be cooler because we're not that cool. All right, tapeworms, we are here and ready to get our grunge on. On the mic tonight is myself, Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. 
And I'm Twisted Kid Matt. There you go. So there's been a little back and forth as to what grunge is, and there might be some arguing over choices that are made tonight, but there's an argument to be made about a couple of them. But we're going to deliver unto you our selections of what we would add to a grunge mixtape. And, as is always the case, we will release our Spotify playlist, and we will leave it up to you, the listeners, to help create your list or to let us know what you think of our list. It doesn't, you know, whatever. Uh, So, Matt. Yeah. In your opinion, what is grunge? I want to hear what you guys think grunge is. Well, to you, what it is. And then I'm going to tell you, like, you know, what some stuff says online. So, to you, what what do you consider grunge? Like, Mm. what, what does... When you hear the term grunge music, what do you think of besides the band Nirvana? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, you know, right. that's usually the first thing that comes to people. For most mind, people, but, yes, I agree. Yeah. But I would say um, music that's like heavily like punk and metal inspired. Yes. Uh, just I would agree with that. Kind of sludgy. Uh, just I, I like that term. <laughs> A little sludgy. Hey, man, sludgy. I know. I think it's thing. great. It's perfect. It's a perfect way to yeah. describe it. That's good. Uh, it's you know music that makes you kind of think of Seattle in general because that's mm-hmm. kind of because it's dark and dreary and rains a lot. Dark and dreary and rains a lot. Yeah, yeah. Smells kind of like fish. Just a lot of you know. If you if you walk in the wrong area, you you might get hit with one of those fish that's being thrown. Oh, I at, at that market. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking like about. Like the dude from the Muppets who chucks fish at everybody. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah specifically. Uh, and we brought up the Muppets. Of course we did. So, <laughs> well, I like that, long. and I want to I yeah. want to put a pin in some stuff that well, that you just Muppets. said because mm-hmm. I want to bring it back in a second. But first, I want Kevin to say what wouldn't you think of grunge? What do you what What do you think of? What do you think grunge is? Uh, I think of uh, well, depression for one. Um, just, uh, plaid shirts, um, stringy, oily hair, which I don't have. But depression. you know, if I grow it out, maybe should not have taken um, a drink right yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll spit it out, which I do not have. <laughs> I want to say, like both of you described a feeling more than anything else. Like what it made you feel like, what it made you think of. Instead of like a style, which I think is very fair. Um, I did a little searching online, so this is what I will say that the consensus seems to be. We'll see that you guys hit pretty much what everybody else says. Um, So to define it a a bit more, it was a subculture that emerged during the 80s in the American Pacific Northwest states. Uh, Most people attribute it to Washington and more directly to Seattle. Uh, The music fuses elements of punk rock. Uh, only with the speed and only without the speed and joy associated with punk rock, and it also fuses it w- with a lot of metal, um, but with a way less polished sound than a lot of the metal that we were used to, um, at least in the beginning. So as it went on, grunge evolved a little bit as well. Uh, grunge music was stripped down, angsty, gravelly, as Matt said. I like sludgy, sludgy. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Uh, there was term. a lot of distorted guitar. Very deep lyrics, uh, a lot of social themes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so well, we're going to go over uh, grunge. Social themes, check. Isolation, check. Abuse, sure. addiction, neglect, mm-hmm. betrayal, uh, mental trauma, check. Um, <laughs> it's true. They're all there. Grunge was uh, grungy. <laughs> I mean, it was grungy oh, punk metal. Yeah. 
that made us feel stuff, right? That's kind of what it was. Um, but there was there were more there was more to it. There was a lifestyle. There was a look. Uh, it all said something. These guys are out there, and some became very successful. But they had I don't think they ever looked or acted like they were successful. If that makes sense, yeah. some of them actively didn't want to be. They successful. didn't. Yeah, it's weird. They really mm-hmm. didn't want the success. They want. I, you're not wrong. Uh, there were a lot of ripped jeans, baggy T-shirts, and uh, as Kevin said, flannel. Uh, God help us, there was a lot of flannel. <laughs> a lot of flannel. Was, fl- of flannel. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of it. It was like a it was like a uh, grunge uniform. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. You're not wrong. And stringy yeah. long hair that covered their face. I, it was, it was, mm-hmm. They had to cover the faces. I mean, if you a got lot. five shirts of flannel. You're like a five star general in the grunge <laughs> army. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, I do want to say Kev may sound a little off tonight. We got him on a temp mic because we are moving um, a new soundboard and everything into his studio, and uh, we are we were waiting for a part that should have been here that didn't come. So he's on his backup mic, so he might not be as loud damn as it, usual. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, damn you, Jeff Bezos. We uh, bald headed motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> please sponsor us. <laughs> yes. Please do. This episode brought to you by Amazon.com. Um, so, 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 so I like that. So as always the case, um, we are going to give our picks for what we would add to a grunge playlist. Um, we're going to start with me. And uh, I want to say what we always say. Please make sure you go out and check out the Spotify playlist when it's done. And, you know, check out all these artists. Uh, listen to their stuff. Download their stuff. Give them some, some love and support. Uh, we're going to notice a couple of names pop up throughout the night tonight, and I think it's weird because for as large as grunge was to the world, there weren't – I don't want to say there were – there wasn't a large number of grunge artists. Yeah. The genre was huge. Especially oh, yeah. if you ask Google because they clearly don't know what yeah, the hell grunge is. Google – right. you and YouTube. I – you and I were talking about it, and they added yeah. like fucking no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> like no, 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 no. no, no, no. You're wrong. There's no grunge going on in no doubt. Yeah. So, so we're gonna start with my list tonight, and uh, as is always the case, we're gonna play a clip of a song, and then we're gonna talk about uh, why we picked said song, and I'm gonna start off with this lovely little ditty right here. So I'm going to start off with Stone Temple Pilot, Interstate Love Song. This one came out in 1994. Uh, This song is from the band's second studio album, Purple. Uh, It's considered one of their biggest hits. Uh, It reached number one in the U.S. Billboard album, Rock Tracks Chart, that thing I can't say. Stayed at number one for 15 freaking weeks, which was a record time when it happened. Uh, There were other songs I thought about, other songs off this album I highly considered. And uh, it's just one of those things, though. This song always sort of spoke to me, so I was always really into it. And if you guys do or don't recall, when Stone Temple Pilot first came out, everybody thought they were another band. (laughs) So they kind of evolved their sound over a few years. But when they first started out, everybody thought they were Pearl Jam. Like, everyone did. They're like, is this Pearl Jam? It's like, nope, this is Stone Temple Pilot. Um, I loved this song, and it was always one of those, like I said, just sort of spoke to me. Uh, so it seemed like a good place to start for for myself, for myself. Yeah. Uh, 
they kind of went the route, like I said, they started kind of grunge. And they I, Actually, most of the bands that are still around that we're going to talk about probably evolved quite a bit. There, there are one or two that, that kind of stayed exactly what they were. Uh, and unfortunately, some of them are not around anymore, so we can't really talk about that. For multiple reasons. For multiple probably. reasons, yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think? So my first my first choice was Stone Temple Pilot. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember if anybody else picked Stone Temple Pilot tonight. Well, we're gonna find um, out when we get there. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I don't remember what you guys picked either at this point. So, uh, so my next my next uh, choice. Yeah, I I think there may be one on mine actually. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my n- song, though. Yeah. next choice is a. Uh, yeah, it's by a really cool band. And this was when I brought this up to to my wife, we were talking about it. And she's like, I would have picked. And I'm like, see, that's the thing. I could have picked a bunch of songs once again mm-hmm. from this band. And they all would have made sense. But if we're talking about me, this is the first one that came to mind. Now, this was a this was a rough choice because I like if we're you're talking grunge and you want to go Alice in Chains, it's yeah. hard not to pick like Rooster, you know. It's it's yeah, really right. hard. But I love this song. I love Man in the, I love this album actually. But Man in the Box is just I don't know, man. I remember hearing it for the first time and this the way it hits and the way it started off, it was just kind of different for me. Uh Man in the Box was released as a single in January of 91. Uh, it was featured on the group's debut studio album, Facelift, in 1990. It peaked at number 18 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart, and it actually was nominated for a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance in 92. Uh, much like STP, who we just talked about, talked about there were a number of songs, like I said, I could have went with, and it was hard. I considered a few of them, but this song was... I was just... It's like, fuck yeah, every time I hear the song, man, the song gets me kind of pumped up, gets me charged. And it's funny because it, it definitely has that hit, get you going, but the lyrics do not. <laughs> Just yeah. do not. Just depressing. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they, they really are. They're, it, rub my now? nose and shit. I'm the dog that gets beat, rub my nose and shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what is it about? What is the song actually about? So... uh Lane Staley said in a 92 interview with Rolling Stone, um, I started writing about censorship. Around the same time, we went out for dinner with uh, some Columbia Records people who were vegetarians. They told me how veal was made from calves raised in these small boxes, and that image just stuck in my head. So I went home and wrote about government censorship and eating meat as seen through the eyes of a doomed calf. <laughs> so cool, yeah, yeah. And then you went on to get a burger. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would yeah. too. All right. Specifically, hungry. veal burger. Veal. Yeah, you want to get some veal. That's good meat. So Jerry Cantrell said, uh, but what it's basically about is how government and media control the public's perception of events in the world or whatever. Then they build you into a box by feeding it to you in your home. You know. And it's just about breaking out of the box and looking outside of that box that has been built for you. He uh, also stated that the lyrics were loosely based on media censorship. And he said, I was really stoned when I wrote it. 
So it meant something different then. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, so if we're talking Alice and Chains, I do not believe there's any other Alice and Chains on anybody's list tonight. Uh, what do you guys think about Alice and Chains? What do you think about this song? Where would you have went, or would you have went? Hmm. I mean, I'm personally not a huge fan of Alice in Chains. Yeah, um, neither am I. But still, like they're, that's a damn good, good song. Yeah, yeah that, that is that's pretty great song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Both the choices. Yeah, I think Rooster is is a pretty fucking good song too like it's mm-hmm. it's that actually that entire yeah. album i think it's one of those so it's one of those we should do an episode sometime where we talk about bands maybe you didn't like but they they had that one fucking album you just oh loved. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i may not have liked anything else they did but they did this one album and it was hard not to like yeah i bet you metallica falls on that for a lot of people yeah oh, so anger. yeah yeah i i just specifically everybody loves that album which one saying anger <laughs> Saint, I'm just kidding. I was like, Saint what? Everybody hates it. Yeah. Everybody likes the Black Album. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that also like, you know, Ride the Lightning and, you know, uh, Rust in Peace, stuff like that. Wait, Rust in Peace. That's that's, uh, ma- that's, that's Megadeth. Megadeth. Hey, listen, they were from the same band at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, and if, if Dave Mustaine had his way, he'd still be in the band. So, so. <laughs> he says he wouldn't, but he would. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the pettiness of that man to go on and form a whole other band just to piss off his original band. Yeah. So there's actually, yeah. we did a thing back in the obscure 80s days where we did a whole uh, episode where we talk about Dave Mustaine and we play clips of guitar riffs from Megadeth mm-hmm. and Metallica. And it's like they're the fucking same man. He just he when he when he was when he was out, he took a bunch of his shit with him and was like, "Fuck you! I'm making a song with this Bennett." And I think probably with Metallica, they are well aware, and they're like, "We're just not gonna, we're just gonna leave it alone," you know, because there was a lot of bad blood. And I don't always even know the full story with everything that went on there. So it's interesting though. Yeah. Uh, So I got two more. Uh, this next one on the list, uh, we we well, it's it holds a very special place in my heart because I love the song, but I also really love the guys from the band because we've met him at least one, and he was cool. So here you go. This is I Come From The Water. This is The Toadies. If you want to check out our interview with uh, Rez from The Toadies, we highly recommend you do. That is episode 66. Go back and check it out. This is off the album Rubberneck. This came out in 1994. This was the seventh track and maybe my favorite Toadie song, although Backslider is also pretty damn good. Uh, So this album hit platinum, by the way, just in case you guys did not know. This is a really cool freaking song song talks about renewal and transformation so this is actually this is a song that sounds way bleaker than it really is and it actually has a more positive vibe than i think people would think the song is actually about transformation about taking pain and bullshit and all the crap we're handed and turning mm-hmm. it into gold taking that shit and that's why the song's kind of about like it sounds like it's about like you know um I come from the water. That ain't no easy thing. You know, I crawled upon the land and 
but it's it is taking the bullshit that you're handed, making something good out of it. This song has uh, one Kessie, catchy ass uh, Kessie has a Kessie rip to mm-hmm. it, uh, catchy ass rip. That one to was it. intentional. And uh, yeah, wasn't uh, he the voice of Scooby Doo? <laughs> yes, Kessie yeah. Kessum. I'm Kessie Kessum. <laughs> Uh, the vocals on this song are great too. I freaking love it. Uh, and like I said, check out our interview with Rez, episode sixty six, I believe, uh, because he's great and the band's great and they're still around. They're still doing shit. They have adapted their sound a little, but they've always sort of done that. I know most people, if they would have picked the Toadies, they would have went Possum Kingdom. But for me, I don't know. I always like this song a little bit better than Possum Kingdom, so I went with I Come From the Water. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. I have yeah. one more. You guys itching to, to to take a guess at what it, who it might be? You're never going to guess who it is. So it's okay. I'm probably not going to guess. You're not going to guess. Not going to guess. So you're not going to guess? Because you're not going to guess? Um, uh, Nirvana? No, it's this band. <laughs> Filter, yeah. This is man. Hey, man. Nice shot by Filter. Uh, I want to tell you guys that putting together this list and putting together these songs, uh, of course, put me in a certain vibe and frame of mind for the last week. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, depressed. No, I wasn't. Actually, no, no. I was very like, I don't know, man. I was actually happy, but it it's weird because we talk a lot about music and what it does to us. There are certain styles of music that are that are very nostalgic for me. Like I can listen to eighties music and be like, Yeah, this is fun, I love it. But then there's certain nineties stuff that just yanks me, like mentally yanks me back to where I was. Oh yeah. Instant time travel. Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. And these the, all of this stuff does it because this was a very specific time in my life. Uh Hey Man, nice shot, filter, April of ninety five. Lead single from their debut studio album short bus a little piece of trivia here the guitar line in the chorus was also used in the stabbing westward song ungod in 1994 um stewart uh zeckham or zackman or zeckman i think it's zeckman he was he was also playing guitar for stabbing westward at the time and he took the riff and showed it to uh stabbing westward who said yeah we want to use that too so it's you're going to hear it in both songs so i want to ask you guys a question about this song Okay. Do you guys know what the song is about? From what I've heard, it's about the on-screen suicide yes. of Bud Dwyer. You are correct. Oh, okay. so have you guys ever seen that video? No, not all of it. Not I've yeah. I've seen the video up to that point. I'm not. Yeah. I don't need to watch that. Yeah. So, do you know what most people think this song is about? No. no. Oh, okay. I was expecting you guys to say uh, you you heard it was about Kurt Cobain. Um, because oh yeah, I heard that too. But I well, it know, fits. I know the truth. It fits yeah. really well. Yeah, it does. yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the song is about Pennsylvania State Treasurer um, Bud Dwyer. Uh, January twenty second, nineteen eighty seven, shot himself in public after being convicted of bribery charges, and he did it on live TV. Like it was a yeah. New, yeah. Uh, the, I just heard the, he was actually the, cleared of it. Yeah, he was totally framed. So he professed his innocence. All the way up through, you know, the very end. 
mm-hmm. talk about how the legal system was just a shambles and it was falling apart and it was total bullshit. Um, so he shot and killed himself with a 357 Magnum during a live televised press conference. I remember this all happening like very well. Um, yeah, it was truly weird. <laughs> I yeah. Um, so it's a weird thing because it came when the song actually came out. It came out obviously after Kurt Cobain died. So everybody and it kind of fits because the song is about people riding your your shirt tails and like using what happened to you for their fame and their fortune and to get where they get. So a lot of people thought it was about Kurt Cobain and um, they've talked about it. The song was actually written before Kurt Cobain passed away. So it's like while it does sort of fit both, it was it was never intended to be for that. So but for a long time, that's what everybody said. And that's what I thought. So. It works. Totally see that. Yeah. Uh, Filter was a great band. I had this album. I had Short Bus. I don't really know if or what they did after this album. It's just one of those kind of one-off bits, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Still together, actually. Are they? Oh, really? They're, yeah, they're actually touring with... Uh, Did- uh, I want to say Rob Zombie. Yes. Okay, so you said that, and I'm like, that's right. They are touring. They are still together. But then I was like, but did they get back together? Did they split for a while? I, I think they may have split and I got back so together. Too, yeah. I, I haven't really followed that um, part. But uh, you you uh, didn't mention who the singer is, though. The singer of Filter. I didn't mention Courtney who. Courtney Love. <laughs> oh, you, you, know, you know who his brother is? Who? His brother's the uh, no. uh, Terminator from Terminator 2. Oh, damn. Yeah. Ter- uh, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick's brother? Yeah. yeah. For reals? Yeah. I didn't so know that. Richard Patrick, who used to be in Nine Inch Nails. I didn't know that that, that they were related. That's cool. Yeah, they're, they're brothers. Yep. <laughs> if yeah, it was so Courtney the Love, it'd be filter. like, hey, <laughs> man, I shot. <laughs> Bob, Bob Dylan and... No, that was not Bob Dylan. Bob <laughs> Bob Dylan said, "Hey man, nice, nice shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You got the shot right." <laughs> oh, Courtney Love was just always sounds like she's constantly asleep or <laughs> stoned. I <laughs> God, man, <laughs> she did cut that cover of uh, but yeah. Uh, Gold Richard Dust Patrick Woman. is Robert Patrick's brother. I did not know and that. Richard Patrick used to also be in Nine Inch Nails. That's. Oh, I think so I knew that. Filter, filters like a side project. Yeah, I knew that, but I did not know he was related to Robert Patrick. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah, just yeah. like uh, Rob Zombie and Spider One from Power Man Five Thousand Brothers. Yeah, but everybody, <laughs> everybody said that they were. Yeah. Uh, we're going into Matt's list. Now, Matt. Yeah, we got we got your list. We right. are we are ready to talk about match choices. I think these are all pretty good choices, and we're yeah, gonna right. start with the first song on Matt's list. As soon as I get my shit pulled up, uh, here you go. You ready?
I am. I could, I could use a cheeseburger. Matt, no, you're... I yeah. <laughs> said, I could eat. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's first pick was Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog, uh, written by Chris Cornell. It released in 1991 as the first single from the band's soul, the only studio album, Temple of the Dog. Was the band's most successful song, peaking at number four on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. This is a good one because this is a cheat song. It is. You cheated. It's a twofer. I mean, kind of. <laughs> it really is, it's, though. It's a really it's genuinely just a great song. It is. It's a fantastic song, and you got to cheat with it. I think it's brilliant because yeah. you got to talk I about play this song on every cheat meal that I ever. Had. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kev. Do you know why this song is a, a twofer? Why it's a cheat song? So this is Temple no, of the Dog, because you don't just get Chris Cornell, yeah. you get Eddie Vedder. Yeah. So yeah, have you heard the and story? I think a couple other members of of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Well, have you heard think? the story of how this came about? Why it happened? Like why Vedder's on it? I have not. No. So I guess like Chris Cornell was having trouble with with some of the vocals, trying to like do the double part. You know, he couldn't quite figure out how to make it work and. I guess Eddie Vedder and they were they were there at the same studio, like a rehearsal hall or some crap, right? And they were leaving, and they kept hearing them. Like I guess Temple of the Dog would come in right after them, and and Vedder kept hearing it. And I guess he realizes that Chris Cornell is struggling, and he like walks up to the mic and just starts singing for him, just so he could kind of get it together. He wasn't like trying to. Well, I, I guess the next time he comes around, Chris Cornell's like, "Hey, man, would you mind? Nice shot. Would you? Yeah, <laughs> would you mind doing that?" And so he did, um, which I think is pretty freaking cool. So I don't know. Uh, so Temple of the Dog is basically Pearl Jam with Chris Cornell, essentially. Singing. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like I'm, I'm looking at their Wikipedia right now, and like most of the members of the band are. Are or were in Pearl Jam. Well, so here's or like meaning like they later went on to join Pearl Jam. So here's some. Well, Pearl Jam had just started. So this is yeah. Vetter's. This is weird too, for a guy we know as being in Pearl Jam and being like that's what he's known for. This song is actually his first feature vocal, and it's not even his band. Yeah. So, but it all came about because they were rehearsing in the same hall. So probably because. You know, some of the members are playing with Temple of the Dog, and some of them are playing, you know, back and forth. So I, I assume that might be why. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you what Eddie Vedder said about it. Please do. He said, oh, "I got to watch these. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I got to watch these songs. And, uh, got to watch how Chris Cornell was working, and uh, I watched Matt Cameron play drums. Uh, it got to Hunger Strike." I was in the room. I was sitting. I was. I was sitting in the corner, putting duct tape on a on a little African drum. About two thirds of the way through, he was having to cut off one line and start the other. Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, can we isolate that? And just make it a ringtone. Yeah. I'm not now, no. and certainly wasn't then. Self assured or cocky. Uh, but but I could I don't even know Keep I don't even up, know what the word but but I could hear what he was trying to do so I 
walked up to the mic, uh, which which I'm really surprised I did, and, and I sang the other part. Going hungry, going hungry. <laughs> the next time I was up, he he asked if I'd record. I, I want you to know I'm clenching my teeth the whole time. He asked if I'd record. Well, we can tell. So so it was just me and Chris in the same studio uh, that we that we made 91's 10 record. Uh, I, I was first. It, uh, I lost my place. I really liked hearing the song. I feel like it, it, I could be real proud of it because, one, I didn't write it, and two, it was such a nice way to be ushered onto vinyl for the first time. I'm indebted to Chris, time eternal, for being invited onto the track. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Uh, so in the summer of 92, the how, album... How are you doing after that, by the way? Yeah, I feel like uh, I might have squeezed something out. Yeah. Uh, in the summer of 92, the album received uh, all brand new attention um, because basically, essentially what happens is now, at this point, both bands are huge, right? Pearl Jam's big. Soundgarden's big. Oh, I guess we should have stated that. So... Chris Cornell obviously goes on to Soundgarden, and now you got Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder, and Pearl Jam, right? And at this point, by '92, they're both big bands; they're huge. And the guys over at AMN and and M Records realize, oh shit! Guess what we got in our catalog? We have a song that's a collab between these two massive bands now. So they reissue the album and they start promoting Hunger Strike as a single and it becomes the most successful song from Temple of the Dog. Uh, It peaked at number four on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart and number seven on the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart, which might explain why, like, in the life that I live, I didn't know. So this song came out and I didn't know about it. And then I'm like, oh, did, uh, did Pearl Jam and Soundgarden get together and form a band i didn't know that it was previous like does that make i thought they did it later but they didn't yeah i i thought they did that as well yeah it was just like yeah no, it was just a little super group that was formed yeah. but no it was just yep a couple dudes just hanging out nearby studio was like oh guess what yeah we've got this. this here song uh matt you picked it it's yeah. a great song first one on your uh, list you want to want to talk a little bit about it uh well i mean you kind of hit the nail on the head. It, it is a combination of two of the biggest, uh, what be, or what became the two of the biggest uh, Seattle-based grunge bands Very true. of all time. And just, I mean, when you have two people like Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder who have extremely unique to them voices. Yeah, that's true. On the same song, um, it just kind of, it becomes something that kind of stands out and it doesn't to me. It doesn't sound like anything that Pearl Jam ever did, or anything that Soundgarden ever did. I, I can I can concur with that too. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a totally different band that just happens to have like ninety percent of the members of Pearl Jam and like it's a like fourth this weird of, amalgamation yeah. of voices. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a fantastic song. Yeah, and like you said, getting to hear Cornell's voice where he can hit the higher stuff, and then you got Vetter down here doing this low gravelly bassy thing. Yeah. And it just sort of mingles together. It's really cool to know that he was sitting there and gone and be like, I, I know what he's trying to go for and he's having a hard time doing it, but I think I can help. And he just yeah. walks over. It's like, <laughs> like, I got this. I got, I got it. it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. We're all doing already uh, veteran impersonations and none of them are good. Yeah, but you, you always got to do it through your teeth. I actually, just so we're clear, 
we're we're, we're picking. Yeah. I I just want to state I fucking love Eddie Vedder. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, fucking love it. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan. So yeah, please come on the show. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say front of, <laughs> yeah. front of the please. show, Eddie Vedder. Oh my god, that would be amazing to get to talk. Yeah. To Eddie These Vedder. impersonations, sir, are tribute tributes to you. So yeah, please. we yes. can't do you justice. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Eddie Vedder, we're gonna go into Matt's a second pick right now. It's like being in high school all over again. This is Even Flow by Pearl Jam. Matt, I, we are going to get into this in a second because I have a very important question to ask you. But okay, uh, for me, it's very important. I don't care if it's important to everybody else. Uh, Even Flow was written by Eddie Vedder, uh, music by guitarist uh, Stone Gossard. Even Flow released in 1992, second single from their debut album, "Fucking Ten. Oh my God, Ten yeah, might been. Ten great songs on one album. God, it might be when the I, whole fucking album. So good. Yes, when we talk about like perfect albums, that from beginning to end, ten is definitely up there on my list. Man, it's just a good fucking album, just in general. Yeah. Uh, this song peaked at number three on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. Apparently, the guys actually always loved the song, but none of them were happy with the final cut. They didn't feel like they did the song justice. Um, so they recorded another version of the song in 92. So we had the first version that went out on the album in 92, and then in 92 they recorded a new version. And that's the one you usually hear in the music video. Uh, that's the one off their Greatest Hits album and from the film Singles. Uh, great song. Amazing album. My question to you, Matt, is... Yes. Uh, when you're thinking, I'm going to pull a song off of 10. How hard was it? Yeah, and how did really, you come really to Really, really hard, yeah. yeah. Uh, and why Why did you end up with Even Flow? Um, specifically, my reason for picking this one was the video for it. The live concert video was just so memorable to me. Um, it, If you remember, it had uh, Eddie Vedder like, climbing through the, the lighting rig. Right. Over the over the crowd and just like stage diving into the audience and just like okay that that's just like an intensity that I don't know if he like physically does that anymore. Oh but my I'm god! Sure mentally, he would love to. One of the things about Eddie Vedder is the uh, like the emotion to which he sings and performs with. Oh yeah. So then the uh, well, actually specifically the um, what's it called MTV Unplugged yes. performance. God damn. But you wonder, like, <laughs> is it just grabbing a hold of him so much that he just, like, can't, like, I just got to like, fucking do this right now. Like, yeah. it, he puts a lot, and, and his lyrics, you'll hear it in everything they do. Like, there's a lot of emotion behind all the stuff he delivers and sings. And so, dude, it is such a rough choice for me when I'm looking at this album and going, which song would I have picked? Yeah. And I'm not Correct. going to lie. I don't want to say too much, but we're getting to Kevin's list. Both of you picked songs that I would have picked, so I was like, we're going to let them be then. I'm, I'm going to go. So my initial, like, you guys were hitting everything I could hit. Like, oh, my God, that's fucking great. Oh, my God, that's fucking great. Um, so we want all these songs to live on here, and since they picked the two that I probably would have went with myself, 
Um, I can't do much better than that. I'm going to let them <laughs> you know, do what they okay. did. Uh, which just moves you on to your next one, which is yeah. uh, the return group. Yeah, this is Stone Temple Pilot. I forgot that you added this on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're going to get through everybody's list, and I want to have a few discussions about this because what you guys are going to see is some divergent stuff where we all go off. Like I did some toadies. We're going to see some different stuff from Matt. And then obviously where we all come back in. And something that you're going to see a, a, a lack of. It's not that it's not here at all. It's just not much. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious as to why that was. But before we do that, we're going to go into Matt's next uh, pick. So there's some more Stone Temple Pilots for you. That's Dead and Bloated from 1992. Uh, this was also off their debut. Well, this is off their uh, their debut album, Core. Um, song never had a commercial single released outside of radio promo, uh, radio promo, but fans absolutely adore this song. Scott Weiland stated that it's not really about anything. It's just a stream of consciousness words. I mean, at the age of 21, 22, I didn't have a whole lot of life experiences. So it's more about the vibe, the angst, and that kind of thing, as opposed to actual life experiences. Um, Matt, I mean, there's a lot of Stone Temple Pilot songs. Obviously, there's much more mainstream hits. Uh, you know, I picked Interstate Love Song, for example. Um, why did you go with Dead and Bloated? Uh, honestly, the beginning of the song with the intro, where it's just him. I came like so close to through. using that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of thought you would. Um, where he's like singing into the megaphone. And it's just like, it sounds extra shitty, just like yeah. really far away from the mic like this. And just, you know, kind of just, you know, just really grungy, if you will. Um, but then the song kicks in and it's just, it. it's to me like almost definition of sludgy. Yes. Like I was saying earlier. Mm. That, um, not it, to mention, I've seen other bands cover it live. Uh, I saw a band called He Is Legend cover it uh, in a video on YouTube, and I was I saw them uh, perform several years after that, and I was like, man, I really hope they do that. Uh, they actually played Dead and Bloated, like right in the middle of one of their own songs. They kind of stopped their song, started Dead and Bloated. And then it just blended perfectly into one of their songs too. That's so it's cool. like you could tell that they were, they did it because they're like, okay, this song directly influenced the song that we're performing currently. And it just, it's such an intense song to see a band play live. Like it, it doesn't really sound like it necessarily, but if you see a band do it live, that's like really into it. Uh, it's just intense. So I, so I picked it. When I'm doing like the clips, I try to just go with more familiar parts of the song, I, if that makes yeah. sense. Or I may try to go with uh, where they say the name of the song, things like that. Something yeah. where like people, I, most people recognize. You yeah. are not. I I really can. And, I, and we only do, you know, twenty second clips. So that's another thing. So I really like. I I was like I almost started with the beginning of the song, and I'm like, well, I, you know, a twenty second clip. We're not going to hear any of the music and so i didn't and there's part of me that's kind of bummed out about that because like like you said the way it starts off guys if you don't know the song go listen to the playlist that we're going to put out or go listen to 
STP. Yeah, it's already shaping up to be pretty good. Yeah. So, so kind of curious what Kevin's going to have. You go check. I mean, if you if you don't know the song, which I think most people who are, were in this world at this time do know this song, but um, yeah, STP was just one of those bands that I think came out and kind of forged their own thing. At first, people thought they were trying to copy other stuff, but I, I don't think they liked that, so they kind of started doing their own thing. Uh, I like what you said, though. This song does... It sounds like we're being negative, but we're not. This song is, is sludges along. Mm-hmm. It kind of drags yeah. you through the muck with it. Like, Yes. And that sounds horrible. It takes you for a ride. But it, we don't mean it in a bad... It's just... A lot of these songs are so deep or talk about some shit. And it's funny to me that he's like, yeah, I didn't really have anything in mind. It was just... But that... He doesn't... Maybe he does realize at twenty one twenty two which I wasn't far behind him, uh, you're, you may not have had a specific point, but you are putting emotion in there that I was also feeling. Yeah. So it, it did speak to a lot of us. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, the next one on Matt's list is, uh, is, is going to take us to a whole nother continent. Uh, we're just showing you that uh, grunge could go globally, and you can't get much more distant than this next band as far oh, yeah. as yeah because they were clear on the bottom side it, right? it, it took me a second i was like <laughs> where i'm like oh yeah they are clear from the bottom side of the globe from where we are the land down under and here is the song god what a cool song <laughs> <laughs> this is Tomorrow by Silverchair. Uh, they're Australian, so grunge in style and sound, but from uh, an Aussie POV. There you go. This song came out in September of 94. Uh, it was their debut EP, Tomorrow. Uh, when it came out, it was released on Frog Stomp, the band's debut studio album uh, in 1995. Uh, the song was written by singer-guitarist Daniel uh, Daniel. Johns and drummer Ben Gillis. Uh, it was written for a. This is cool. I do you know how this song came about, Matt? Like why they wrote this song? I do not. They wrote this song for a TV show called Nomad. It was a. I think I think early days, like I don't want to say like The Voice or that kind of shit, but like I think oh. like a contest TV show. I think. Well, kind of like um, the Eurovision Song Contest Maybe, type situation. Yeah. Like a post-Star Search sort of thing. If, oh, yeah. if I understand it correctly, yes. Star Search. They, won, really they, they won the contest with this song. Hmm. Uh, and then it reached number one on the ARIA singles, which I'm sure is like the Australians RIAA kind of thing. Uh, it remained there for, for six weeks, and then they did a re-recorded version which was issued in the U.S. in 95, and that one peaked at number one on both the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks and the Album Rock Tracks chart. Hit number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100 Airplay chart. Um, That's the Australian Recording Industry Association. That, see, makes sense. I mean... A-R-I-A. So it's like the R-I-A-A, but for Australia. That's cool. Uh, So do you guys know what this song is about? I believe it's a, a trip to hell is what it sounds like. Uh, all I have is what uh, Daniel Johns said about it, and he said that was on a TV show. There was this poor guy 
taking a rich guy through a hotel to experience the losses of the less fortunate than him. The rich guy is just complaining because he just wants to get out. And the poor guy is saying, you have to wait till tomorrow to get out. That's one of our least serious songs, but it still has meaning to it. <laughs> all right. That's all he had I've to say I've misinterpreted about. it for years, and that is a very strange meaning to that song. <laughs> uh, I've always thought it was uh, a guy like guiding somebody through hell. Because he's talking about the water is very hard to drink. I kind of interpret that as being like... So sulfur, you know, one of the no, man, it was just for a TV show. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what I was thinking yeah. of. So, <laughs> one of the brilliant things. There I about, go and putting my interpretations on somebody. One of the well, that's one of the brilliant things about music, and I can't remember. Yeah. I wish to God I could remember who said it, but someone. I know there was like a famous song, and they were talking about how everybody thought it was about one thing, and when they were talking about whoever wrote it, they were like, "That's not what I intended it to be. Never was." Oh, it's uh oh god, I know exactly who it was uh Dave Grohl. It was Foo Fighters and it was uh uh Oh my god. Is it learning to fly? Am I saying fucking that's not right. That's Tom Petty. What's his song? Oh, uh, was it <laughs> Just Learn to Fly. Was it free Learn to Fly. Thank you. Learn, okay. And they're talking to him about it, and they're like, you know, is it about Freedom Roy? He's like, no, at the time I was taking flight lessons and learning to fly a plane. <laughs> and But he kind of goes on to talk about the brilliance of it. He's like, but that's the great thing about music is it can mean something totally different to you, and all of that is valid. Like how a song hits you is how it hits you, and nobody can really change that. And so it's still valid whatever it means to you. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, no, that song was literally about him learning to fly <laughs> like a plane. He was taking flight lessons. I think that's cool as shit. So, Matt, yeah, great choices. Thank you. Really good shit. Like i i was I was pretty pumped the whole way through all these lists, man. And I'm just like all week. This is all I've wanted to listen to. And you know, when you give me tomorrow and i'm like oh shit man silver chair man that song's so good and then i'm like hunger strike oh god you know it's so good uh and then we go into kevin's list and things get all kinds of fucked up uh, oh totally <laughs> yeah he's got parliament on there for some parliament, reason this little parliament uh, <laughs> uh come on george clinton did have a like a plaid face is that chumba wamba some slungy <laughs> Uh, no, and to be honest, Baja, like, man, what? This, <laughs> shaggy, okay. Run DMC wasn't grunge. <laughs> grunge of. DMC. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, specifically, like tomorrow, I picked that one. You know, one of the other reasons why is like literally right after you said, "Hey guys, send us," you know, send in your grunge list. On my way to work the next morning, it came on the radio, and it was the first time I'd heard it in years. Nice. I was like, "Oh, damn! Okay, I think this is a bit of a sign. I gotta, I gotta pick this one." So, and yeah, it's just a fantastic song. But so Matt yeah. says he heard it on the radio, thought it was a sign, mm-hmm. and oddly sent me the sign by Ace of Bass. I'm I like, did. I think and you got like, your wires not grunge. Got your wires not crossed, buddy. <laughs> this is a sign, so I have to send him that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God! There we go. I said, "Stay." Speaking stay of put, which, stay at home. Speaking and at least of a load which, came on the album, the sign, Ace of Bass. Uh, hmm. contest, <laughs> you know. Hmm. I saw where you're going with that one. And hit yeah. nudge nudge, wink wink. 
the next one on here is Kevin's choice. We're going into Kevin's list right now. Uh, there's four songs. There's actually five because he sent me one and I didn't know and I added them all and then I was trying to figure out for the life of me why I had an extra song and I couldn't didn't even know who whose it was and I was talking to Kevin the other night. He's like, oh yeah, that was mine. He's like, oh fuck it, it's on there now, and it, it it'll help because it'll it it might help alleviate some of the pain for for what people are going to want to throw at you for the first two you picked. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get Matt's we'll get Matt's feelings on it. This is Kevin's first pick. Yo, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that, Matt. You went. Yes. <laughs> it was no, almost no, a little was, laugh. Uh, right. Yeah, it yeah, was like yeah. a little chuckle laugh thing. Like, mm, like Matt, I can't. Oh, no. Before we begin, I okay. just want to say, YouTube is a motherfucker, and it gives me a <laughs> list of different you know, bands that should be on there. Now, although there's some arguments more, to be made. Okay, uh, this yes. song is a grunge song. Okay, by a grunge artist. So let's talk about this. This is "Loser" yeah. by Beck, which I fucking love. This song. Okay, and I love Beck. So let's talk about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song is initially released on Beck's second single, as Beck's second single, uh, by independent record label Bong Load Custom Records. <laughs> and it was released on 12-inch vinyl in 1993. Now, that original 12-inch vinyl, I just want to go off on a little bit of a tangent, only 500 copies of that ever got out. So if you can get your hands on one of that 12-inch single that's independent record label, you better fucking grab it uh, and send it to me. So, loser... What he starts getting radio play and he wasn't expecting it, right? And it starts getting played in Los Angeles where this college station, uh, KXLU, starts playing it. And then K Rock, which we've talked about a lot on the show, they pick it up. Then the song spreads to Seattle through a station called KNDD. So this is 1990, what did I say, 93, and it starts picking up play in Seattle. And you are right. I I agree with Kevin. This song is very grungy in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, so it was an independent out, uh, label at first. It started getting all this attention, and Geffen, Geffen Records they they catch wind, right? And they like they're like we're going to cut a deal with our subsidiary DGC, and then we're going to re-release this song uh, where it hit number ten on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1994, uh, and was then released on his album Mellow Gold. I really want a copy. Of those 512 inch vinyl, like that no would be kidding. badass. So, back in 1991, Beck was pretty much homeless and struggling financially. Um, he was working cruddy, low pay jobs, playing at clubs at night, and he said he'd be playing these clubs and people wouldn't be paying any attention to him. So, he's like, I just start making crazy shit up, <laughs> making up weird songs on stage, and kind of experimenting. He's like, like potentially that, getting crazy with the cheese. Just wounds. seeing if anybody paid any fucking attention, you know, whatever. whatever. So he said that was kind of the base for loser. And he has, he has said that the song was both spontaneous and planned. So, uh, okay. the title and the main line of the song, well, uh, Beck was improvising and rapping and he was doing his best impression of Chuck D from public enemy. So he hears it played back and he thinks to himself, Man, I'm the worst rapper in the world. I'm a loser. Then he oh, added that no. song. Then he added that line into the song, and uh, he's claimed the song itself was finished in six hours. So I don't know. There you <laughs> go. 
little something something. Uh, I would never have put Beck on a grunge list. Never. I would have never. So how dare you, Kevin? I would have never thought of it. <laughs> would never considered it. I was like, what, where are you going with that? <laughs> I, 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 you know, sometimes it's um, happened. And so you're off the show is what uh, I, <laughs> I would have never done it. Uh, pack up your slide whistle. And you know, when I you know. saw that you were putting Beck on it, I'm like, Beck? But then I was like. But I, no, man, if you listen to it, this though. This song, though. It's pretty grungy. This song it's is grungy. grunge, right? It is grungy. And I thought that before I knew that it caught on in Seattle, right in the grunge movement. There had to be a reason why it caught on there. Like, I get why it caught on in L.A., and I get why mm-hmm. people... But we're talking Seattle at a very specific time. Somebody heard the same stuff, right? Yeah. So I would not consider Beck grunge, but this song, kind of grunge. It's hard. Yeah. That is a hard yeah. distinction to make. Where's Platt in the video? <laughs> there you go. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> And he sings a song about getting a haircut, which right. means he must have had long hair. Mm-hmm. That's off a different album, though. That's Odele. <laughs> I think it was like the next yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Uh, so we're not done with Kevin's uh, weird list yet. <laughs> uh, Matt, I first want your yeah. opinion on Beck being on a grunge list. I, I never would have, you know, suspected that Beck would show up. As a as a grunge artist, but ha, gotcha. I mean, right around the same time, you know, he was kind of gotcha. in, the, in that group. <laughs> gotcha, bitch! <laughs> he was sneaking it in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he was he was kind of in that uh, graduating class of grunge, if you think about it. And well, Kevin, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. He's going to do it to you again because you mm-hmm. would never expect this band to be on there either. But then you're going to be like, well, yeah, but that song, I fucking get. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. I wish I was special You're so fucking special But I'm a creep So here's what I'm going to say. This is Creep by Radiohead, 1992. No fucking way would I ever consider Radiohead grunge. However, this fucking song... Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> like, I totally get why this song yeah. might be. And then when you get into it again, you start seeing some, oh, wait. Uh, appeared on their studio album, Pablo Honey. Great album. Uh, this song was not a success. Not at first. It was released as a single and caught some play on alternative stations. Alternative. Then uh, they did a re-release. And for some reason on that re-release song caught on no one really knows why initially no one listened and then they did just happens so people started comparing this song to slacker anthems as they called it like loser by beck and smells like teen spirit by nirvana Mm -hmm. that's important to kevin's arguments uh i would think because i'm not sure like i said i i would never see them radiohead as grunge genre overall but this song, I get it. They weren't really big fans of the song. They, well, not for a long time. They weren't big fans of performing this song for like quite a while. They, yep. what happened, and I think what we know, I love Radiohead. I'm a huge Radiohead fan, but here's the thing. They drastically changed their style over time. They were one of the few bands that was able to 
change significantly and still have a massive fan base. They became very experimental, alternative, and doing some really crazy stuff. Um, sort of like Duran Duran. Yeah. I mean, they did. The, and, and I followed with them, too. I was I loved when Duran Duran changed their style. Like, I loved their original. I loved what they were doing in the 90s. So, yes. Um, and not all bands can pull that off, man. It's, it's a really weird thing. Uh, but Radiohead kind of went their own way. And they're actually still very successful, which, you know. Um, so, according to... Crit- the critic from The Guardian, Alexis Petridis? Petridis? I don't know. Creep has an almost complete lack of resemblance to any radio, any of Radiohead's later music. And that's not inaccurate. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you guys a question okay. before sure. we move on to some thoughts and opinions. What would you guys say is the most famous thing about this song? That... That thing. The fucking guitar riff, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when the song goes from the verse to chorus, Johnny Greenwood plays three notes. Uh, this is when he. Oh, oh God, I forget. I had him, what it was called. <laughs> it's, this is here. You release the fret hand pressure and you pick the strings. Uh, I forget what it's called. I had it fucking <laughs> written Harmonic? down. Harmonic? No, it's called. So I had it fucking down and I forget what it was actually. Palm muting. Uh, that might be it. Anyway, he said he did it because, and you're going to love this, he said he did it because he hated how quiet this song was. He said, so I hit the guitar hard, like really hard. And then guitarist Ed O'Brien said, that's the sound of Johnny trying to fuck this song up. He really didn't like it the first time we played it, so he tried spoiling it, and instead he made the song. Um, Tom York, frontman for the band, said uh, the sound was the song, and I love this. That sound is the song slashing its wrist. Halfway through the song, it suddenly starts killing itself off, which is the whole point of the song, really. It's a real self-destructed song. There's a real self-destruction ethic in a lot of the things we do on stage. And to me, that's highly accurate. Uh, yeah, it fits. Yeah. It, it, that, that riff set this song apart from almost anything we were hearing. And I would argue, and I want to hear your guys, you know, where you, what you think about. It. I would argue that song would not be as successful without that riff. Oh no, I don't, I don't think it would either. This song is dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little. It's not really stalkerish, but it's definitely not a healthy feeling. This person yeah. has. I won't propose using this song. <laughs> uh, be a little creepy. And if she says yes, that's even creepier. You were meant yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Your Let's, first dance has to be every breath you take. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I know it's Kevin's pick, but I want to ask Matt first because um, I mean it's Radiohead. Where would you, what, tell me your thoughts about this song being on the list, or more importantly, this band being on the list? I mean, again, like I, I'm in. A, I'm in agreement with it being a very odd band to appear on the list, but. Not an odd song, right? Like, how do you? And, and I, um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a little call to action. Uh, tapeworms, new listeners, anybody hearing this, let us know what you think about about this exact topic. Does does Creep by Radiohead belong on a grunge list 
and explain why or why not. Why or why not? Yeah. If you think wanna, not, I want to hear why. I mean, I kind of yeah. get why. Yeah. No, now, I, I totally get why. I mean, it's it it fits what I would say is the theme of grunge. Yeah. And considering but what what the assignment not typically known no, as a grunge band, not at all. But, but at the same time, it's also Radiohead, who I wouldn't personally be able to classify them in any alt, particular way. They're alt. I mean, that's about all I could say. Yeah, alt, experimental the alt best rock. No. Yeah. They're experimental and they're alt rock. And I mean, that's that's really all you can say about them. Mm-hmm. Which is such a broad term, by the way. But the assignment. Yeah, the assignment he, he is got the assignment. Yeah, what song would you put? What song would you put on a grunge list? And yeah, I think not what band in every album they released or anything like that. But, and I think Loser yeah, and it, it Creep makes sense. both it make really sense because whether intended or not, they both were grungy sounding songs. And in other words, if another band that you do consider grunge would have put would have done Creep, you know, would you you wouldn't have an issue. It would sound slightly different, but if if uh, yeah. Pearl Jam was singing, I kind of want to hear this. Yeah, he's, saying, he's, he's saying something that he's he's really willing into the world. Yeah, like, I really want to hear uh, Eddie Pearl Jam. Do please cover creep. creep. That would be really freaking cool. Um, but 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 it would still work because the lyrics, even the sound, would still work. So, now you got me curious. I'm I know, right? Up, see if they actually did. But carry on. All right, so you don't know this, but we cut out for a few seconds, apparently, uh, and I'm going to get back on track, but Pearl Jam did do a live cover of Creep, so thank you, Matt, for finding that. <laughs> so if you guys want to go find it, it's out there. Now, uh, I'm going to be listening to it here. And if you, you said it wasn't the best thing you've ever heard, but it, it was... Yeah, it, it's definitely live and potentially unpracticed. Yeah, well, and probably, and probably but, was. Yeah. That's, like, let's just do this. That's freaking that. awesome, though, because that just that suggests is. that what we were just saying fits and it makes sense that that yeah. is what you call that is what you call uh backup my friend <laughs> that's a, yeah if anybody yeah. was to come at you now you'd be like eddie better sing it yep <laughs> it's like what are you gonna do he's kind of like the grunge god yeah still alive unfortunately might, yeah. yeah yeah i know prince did a version of it as well of creed yeah I, that was actually pretty good i think yeah. i knew that actually so well prince could prince could have been on this list he's allowed to be on any list he wants yeah. <laughs> Prince, yeah. Prince, and and I bet you if you would have asked Prince to write a grunge song, he'd have done it. <laughs> like, Probably. okay, no problem, yeah. and it'll be a hit. Uh, so I left with there was another band that Kevin originally put on, uh, and we might have stoned him to death for this one. Um, so he <laughs> he conveniently took them back off. Was it Creed? No, thank you. That would have been closer. <laughs> Oh, okay. I would, have, I would have at least made an argument I there. I want to know now. You want to tell them who it was, Kev? Oh, shit. I'm trying to th- I figure it out. The uh, fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, no, dude. Uh, okay, yeah, so here's yeah. the thing. I saw probably the same list that Kev Maybe, did, but Because they were on there, and I'm like, they are not Chili Peppers are not grunge. Yeah. And I would be hard-pressed to find a Chili Pepper song that I could argue was grunge. Is There's, this the most, like, argumentative we've been on an episode? No, it's when, it's when Kevin mm. berated me in the <laughs> R&P. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, he did kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Shots that, were fired. That's true. That but true. I don't know if some of that Getting made it on. Come up and... Some of that changed before we actually recorded because I was getting, you know, told I was silly. <laughs> Uh, so I want to bring in the one that Kevin, I think, gave to replace one of those two, but I didn't 
and I left him, and I didn't realize he had done this, and so that's how I ended up with an extra song. I'm like, who gave me this? <laughs> and I was a little confused. It's like, oh, I'll put it on somebody's list, and it turns out it was Kevin. So uh, this is what he, he gave gives you guys to make up for. See, he gives you guys an extra song in case you were upset with him. That's You're what welcome. And here's his Thank first. You. Black hole sun, won't you come? Why you come? Creepiest video of all Fucking weird Thank ass you. video. This it's... video scared the shit out of me when I was like 15. <laughs> anyway. Face is melting and shit. It's a messed yeah, up right? video. Uh, this is Soundgarden. This is Black Hole Sun, uh, written by frontman Chris Cornell, who you heard earlier. Uh, released in 1994, third single from their fourth studio album, Super Unknown. Uh, top to Billboard album rock tracks chart spending a total of seven weeks at number one it's awesome it has uh, like we were just saying way way creepy ass video and as far as what the song is about well i'll tell you what chris cornell told uncut magazine which uncut magazine i I wouldn't have picked that up off the shelf because i'd have thought it was about something else altogether just a bunch of uncircumcised penis (laughs) the magazine for moils everywhere Thank you. <laughs> uh, Chris Cornell said... A little off the top. <laughs> Just the tip, though. Yeah. Stop it. I can't concentrate. <laughs> um, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> Chris Cornell said, uh, I wrote it in my head driving home from Bear Creek Studio in, um, Wood- in Woodenville. A 35 to 40 minute drive from Seattle. It sparked from something a news anchor said on TV, and I heard it wrong. I heard blah, 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 black hole sun, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I thought that would make an amazing song title, but what would, I, what would it sound like? It all came together pretty much the whole arrangement, including the guitar solo that's played beneath the riff. I spent a lot of time spinning those melodies in my head so I wouldn't forget the that forget them. I got home and whistled it into a dictaphone. The ne- <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uncut magazine dictaphone. Um, the next day, I brought it into the real world, assigning a couple of key changes in the verse to make the melodies more interesting. Then I wrote the lyrics, and that was similar, a stream of consciousness based on the feeling I got from the chorus and title. The song has been said to show... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This was not him. The song itself has actually been said to show uh, later Beatles inspiration, so later Beatles. Um, which, if you think about because or within that, you, without you, sense. yeah, right? When you start thinking yeah. about stuff they were doing uh, much later on. Um, yeah. So Chris Cornell said that he wrote the song in 15 minutes. So there you go. Well, yeah. It's great. I wonder how long that video took. <laughs> 16. How many uh, yeah. times of acid do you think it took? Right. Because goddamn, mm-hmm. it's it's a. This is one of those things we sometimes on this show talk about people that we've lost, and it's kind of a real bummer. And yeah. Chris Cornell is one of those people. It's it's just sort of a really big bummer because Soundgarden was just he's a very talented person, and you know makes you wonder like what yeah. what 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 things are going on in the world. 
So it sucks because I I like Soundgarden a lot, and I think Chris Cornell. I think they were just getting like to the to the point where they were like gonna release some really cool shit, you know. So that was what twenty seventeen. I think mm, when I we think lost them 2016, 2017. 2016, 2017, yeah. somewhere on there. I can look it up, um, you know, kind of have the internet in my hand. I'm going to guess 2016 because, like, all the celebrities died that year. Well, yeah. that was a dark year. It's uh, 2017, May, yeah. May 18th, actually, just was the anniversary. Oh, so damn. Yeah. Yep. That sucks. It was, a, it was a cool dude, great music, big loss. Speaking S- of Prince, he covered Nothing Compares to You. Chris Cornell did? Yeah. That's cool. Really good, actually. That's that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty deep. That maybe that's maybe they swapped. Like I'll do, I'll do your song. You do mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, I mean I know that. Okay, I know you don't like me talking about we'll uh, be Johnny skins, Cash. You but, be blouses. Uh, I don't care if you talk about Chris that. Cornell and Johnny Cash. They they kind of had that type of thing going on <laughs> where uh, Johnny Cash did Rusty Cage. Why do you think I don't like you talking about Johnny Cash? I don't know about not liking talking about him, but you're not a fan. Stop talking about Johnny Cash, asshole. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. No, you're right. I'm not a fan of his voice so much. There are some Correct. Johnny Cash songs I really like, and uh, I like to get one thing straight. I may not be a fan of a voice, but it doesn't mean I, rep- I don't appreciate certain people. Um, yeah. Johnny Cash is one of those people that you, we've talked about something on this show before where it's there may be somebody that I'm like, not really into their voice, but there's one specific song that like I can't fucking I love it. Yeah, and like I can't, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I can't yeah. hear it by somebody else. It has to be Johnny Cash. Yeah. Um, I just uh, just sent you Chris Cornell's cover. Nothing compares to you. There is, I think, when the man comes around, is one mm-hmm. of those fucking songs where it's like I've heard it from other people and it's fucking weird. It's I'm that just, way with uh, Wagon Wheel. <laughs> has to be Darius Rucker. <laughs> no, no, no. It has to be Old Crow Medicine Show. You, I, you, well, you know. Listen, Darius, fucking love but, you. I think you're wonderful. Yeah. I think you're talented as hell. Front of but the show. There's a hard argument to be made there because the Old Crow Medicine Show version is pretty fucking awesome. So, yeah, so good. Oh, come on, guys. I didn't do it. You know, too bad. <laughs> you did a great job. We appreciate it. Oh, uh, that joke is because for some reason people tell. Tell oh, Kevin. They, that he hey, reminds man. him of Hootie and I. <laughs> put on a little Dylan sitting on the fence. <laughs> Kev has two more, and they're both uh, they're both. If you were mad at him before, he's he's redeeming get himself. Get ready to be real pissed. <laughs> get ready to be really, really mad. Remember when I said Chumbawamba? I wasn't kidding. Uh oh, hate mail. Actually. Well, it's funny that you would say that. Here's Kevin's next choice. Oh, is God, I love this fucking song. Yeah. When I said earlier that if you guys hit, like, it would have been hard for me. There's a couple more off 10 that I would have thought, like, you know. But Jeremy and, and even Flo are like the two that popped into my head, too. And it was kind of like, I don't know where to go with this. Uh, Jeremy, Pearl Jam, written by Eddie Vedder and Jeff Ament. Uh, released in August of 92, third single from their album, 10. Reached number five uh, on both the album and modern rock billboard charts. The song didn't originally chart on the regular Billboard Hot 100 singles chart since it was not released as a commercial single. But then they re-released it 
in July of 95, and it hit number 79. So, I want to talk for a second about what this song is about. I mean, you guys know what the song's about, right? Yes. Obviously. It's telling the story about a kid named Jeremy, yeah. who uh, apparently opened fire in school. Um, mm, no. Yes. 100%. On himself. Uh, yeah, he kills himself. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. In school. Um, but the song itself was inspired by two different stories. Uh, stories that probably hit home a little more these days uh, mm -hmm. than ever yeah. before. These are real stories. Uh, the first was a newspaper article that Eddie Vedder read talking about Jeremy Wade Dell. He was a high school student who shot himself in front of his English class in January of 1991. The second story uh, involved a student that Eddie Vedder knew personally from junior high who shot up a school classroom. I don't think he killed anyone. He just came in and shot in the classroom. In a 91 interview, uh, Vedder said this. He said, I actually knew somebody in junior high school in San Diego, California, that did the same thing, just about. Didn't take his life, but ended up shooting up an oceanography room. I remember being in the halls and hearing it, and I had actually had an altercation with this kid in the past. I was kind of uh, a rebellious fifth grader, and I think we got in a fight and stuff. Uh, so it's a bit about this kid named Jeremy, and it's also a bit about a kid named Brian that I knew, and I don't know. The song, I think it says a lot. I think it goes somewhere, and a lot of people inter interpret it in different ways, and it's just been recently that I've been talking about the true meaning behind it, and I hope no one's offended, and believe me, I think of Jeremy when I sing it. So, there you go. Uh, fucking hey, what a great song. Um, and impactful as hell. <laughs> like, the video is impactful, the lyrics are impactful, the way he sings it, impactful. Uh, Kev? This is just like an anthem of grunge. Die. You know, when yeah. It's just like with Teen Spirit, Jeremy, say Rooster as well. Can confirm. And when I think of like grunge music, this is like what pops up in my head. This song is... Uh, it'll take you places. Like, the writing, the lyrics of the song, it is, like, masterfully done. Like, it is storytelling. It is a. It is like an author. It's like reading a freaking book. Mm -hmm. the, just the lines, like, at home painting pictures of mountaintops with him on top, lemon yellow sun, arms raised. Like, you picture it. He somehow manages to get you in the psyche of this kid he's singing about in, in a four-minute song. It's pretty freaking amazing. It's a wonderful yeah. song. It's pretty, it's pretty great. So glad that it's on here. So the last song on the list tonight um, is the band that I'm surprised only got, gets talked about once tonight. And when after we talk about this song, I want to talk a little bit about some of the choices and specifically this one. So let's go ahead and play this. All right, yeah. All Apologies, Nirvana, written uh, by Kurt Cobain. Pierce is the 12th track on the band's third and final studio album, In Utero, uh, released by DGC Records. And says, hey, same people who did Beck, just want to say. Uh, in September 1990, See, there's a connection. There's a connection. Yeah. Um, it was released as the second single off the album. Uh, along, it, So it was released 
along with Rape Me. So they came out as singles together. Um, it was the first single before Cobain's death in 1994. Oh, I'm sorry, the final single before Cobain's death in 1994. It topped the modern rock chart, was nominated for two Grammys, and was included on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of the songs that shaped rock and roll history. So Dave Grohl recalled that the song was something that Kurt wrote on a four-track in our apartment in Olympia. I remember hearing it and thinking, God, this guy has such a beautiful sense of melody. I can't believe he's screaming all the time. <laughs> um, uh, the first version recorded in 1991 is said to have been more upbeat and poppy. I'd really like to hear that to contrast the two. I've never heard. I, I'm, I mean, they recorded it, so I'm guessing it's out there somewhere. But a more poppy version of All Apologies. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So we... I want to I want to get your thoughts first of all, Kev. Like, why did mm. you add uh, all apologies? I mean, we know why you picked Nirvana, but out of all the Nirvana songs, why all apologies? Well, this is actually one of my favorite Nirvana songs. That's uh, fair. All apologies. Um, uh, that and the man who sold the world. Oh well, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's Bowie and their cover, and it's fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those rare songs that is actually better than the cover. I'm sorry, it's the cover is better well, I mean, I than the original. I would go there, but it's definitely up there. I don't know. It is? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's different for them. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, totally. what Dave Grohl said. You know, we get when we're getting like smells like Teen Spirit and rape me and that you know these are all very screechy kind of like angsty but all apologies is it's it is it's slower it's more melodic it's it's toned down and it's pretty freaking awesome matt yes that's kevin's list it's fantastic it's pretty good confusing but fantastic (laughs) just like kevin Yep, <laughs> that's what the teachers told me (laughs) um so go sit in the back I I think Here's when you, dunce cap. I bet if you guys go out, <laughs> if you guys go out and ask people uh, what's grunge, you're going to hear Nirvana come up all the time, right? I think most people consider them one of the pioneers of grunge, mm-hmm. and probably the most famous grunge band of all time. Why did Matt and I not have any Nirvana on our, on our lists? I'll tell you why I didn't. Well, uh, you tell me. That's what I want to know. I was yeah, actively yeah. avoiding Nirvana. It's like, fuck them. I didn't want them on my list. <laughs> no, no, no. We did an entire Nirvana episode. We did. Long time we did. Ago. It was you, like one you of guys did. I don't think I was on Very that. early yeah. episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, With Matt I, Hoffman I just, from Big Brother. Yeah, yes. it, it would have been, honestly, hard not to just go, you know, these four songs from Nirvana. Like, I wanted to try to focus on bands other than Nirvana. Because mm-hmm. they were, to me, in the grunge landscape, like you know, obviously, as far as if there was a grunge Mount Rushmore, Kurt Cobain would be where George Washington's head yeah. would be. You got Soundgarden, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder, you know Pearl Jam, and then who's the fourth one? Back, I think <laughs> back, yeah, <laughs> Chris Ballou, Moby, love you, dude. <laughs> friend of the actual friend of the show, actual friend Chris of the show, yeah, Chris Ballou, yeah, great yeah. dude, presidents. Um, 
obviously the fourth one would be Lane Staley. That's I mean Allison Chains. That would be good too. It's that's really tough though. I mean yeah. Feeling that we would need a bigger Mount Rushmore because we need a couple yeah. of more faces up there. Lane would be mm-hmm. great. Like, it, yeah, that's tough. But you're right, Kurt. Kurt would be the first person you'd put up there. It'd be yeah. hard not. It'd be the, yeah, George Washington. Yeah, of grunge. Yeah. It would be really difficult. And so I think what Matt said doesn't fully hit on, but very com- comes very close to why I didn't. For me, I just assumed there would be more Nirvana on the list. I figured you would both put Nirvana. I thought that too, but no, I, just... didn't, I didn't want to. And with that being said, this is hard to explain. I'm going to try and hope that everyone understands what I'm going to say. I am both a Nirvana fan and not a Nirvana fan. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I would never <sighs> – it's going to sound weird – I would never try to disrespect Nirvana or Nirvana fans by saying I'm a Nirvana fan. Yeah. Because name I, three songs. I can like, do that. Poser. Yeah. I, I can name yeah. multiple more, more than three, and I can name songs that I like. Mm. But for me it was more that. I like songs. Um, but I yeah. never got I was never one of those per- people that got into the band. So I <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I had a single. <laughs> <laughs> no, there you go. I had uh, I had smells like Teen Spirit. I had the single of smells like Teen Spirit. I loved that song. I loved Heart Shaped Box. I I love all apologies, but that's just it. They would release a song, but for whatever reason, uh, my my wife Melissa and I were talking about this the other night. Most of the time, especially by this age, now I'm in high school or whatever. If there was a band I liked at this point in my life, I would go listen to more to find out but every once in a while there was a band that i'm like i like that that's cool i like that that's cool but for whatever reason i just never went and did a deep dive into nirvana i just didn't do it for me i was like well i assume the guys will probably put a nirvana song on there so they'll be covered and since i'm not like i'll, I'll go with the bands i was listening to more so that's yeah. why i didn't so all the listeners out there, we are well aware that we could have just made fucking a whole list of Nirvana songs. Like Matt said, it could have just been, here's my four Nirvana songs. Here you go. And that would have been fair, but we didn't, we didn't do that. So, uh, that's our grunge picks, man. I think that was uh, pretty good actually. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. uh, Beck was a great choice. (laughs) (laughs) Not as good as Red Hot Chili Peppers, but, uh, Uh, I want to know. We want to know. We we like to hear what you guys have to say and your thoughts on everything. So please let us know. And if you would add something to a list, let us know what you would add to yeah. the list. Uh, we really do want to hear your arguments for and against Beck and Ra- Radiohead. Where do you stand on it? What do you think yeah. about it? You know, what band that most people wouldn't consider grunge would you put on a well, grunge list? So if you really want to get down into the nitty gritty of it, there are pe- there is an argument. Some people will get very pure about it, right? And they're going to say Silverchair shouldn't even be on there because they're an Australian band. And but fair, but they but they're but they meet all the rest of the criteria. Okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be Seattle guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's just where most of it originated from. So yeah, I love that song. And I mean, there's some people that might try to argue the Toadies with me, you know, yeah. but tough <laughs> i yeah. put it on my list anyway what are you gonna do let's call rez and see what he thinks yeah rez do you think that oh i should i should drop him i'll a line reach out like, to him rez do you think it's fair to put 
I come from the water on a list of grunge songs. I should do that. That would be kind of cool. Rez is great. Yeah, uh, see what he says. Rez is a good dude, man. We'll tag him. Uh, guys, guys, guys. I can't. Oh. I can't. Foo Fighters. Hey, Yours is much better than mine. I can't. Uh, Foo Fighters. Yo, guys. How, how do you do it? Let's see. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. I can't. I can. I can get the weird pauses, but I can't get the the tone right. Oh, just, you know. You expect me to say what? Like. I don't get. I sound like a oh, really no. bad John Travolta from Greece when I do it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Gatta. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> I can't fucking. I can't get it. Guess what, man? What's that? Ivan Dorishuk. Dude, we've got an interview coming up. We're telling you now. Next episode, you're going to get to hear from Ivan, and that is that's freaking men without hats. We. Got to talk to the guy who gave us the safety dance and Pop Goes the World. And not only did he give us the safety dance, we ask him why. And he tells yeah. us the story. He tells us where the name of the band came from. If and you, you may you may even hear me quote the lyrics back to the guy that wrote it and sound like a jackass. <laughs> I haven't edited it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I did it. Yeah. I know, but I'll just what, say it off. It, whether I if, leave it in or not, I If it gets cut I out, know. I 100% did it. Well, you're just a huge fan. You know. it, it, was a, it was a force of habit, to be it's, honest. And it was like, just putting his lyrics into actual conversation. It's like that time where uh, where you met John Kassir. <laughs> you sing, no, he sang. He sang Tiny Tunes. But he what did you it. do to him? You did something that I you I just scared like, the shit out of him. Yeah, that's what it was. You scared yeah. the shit out of him. Uh, Me and celebrities have weird encounters with <laughs> you each other. You and everybody have mm-hmm. weird yeah. encounters. <laughs> Matt is a big, lovable, very friendly guy, but he's weird as fuck. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I'm like Ludo from Labyrinth. Yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, only, only way more just, scary for a hug, but also kind of terrifying. He's, of him scary, him, he's so. scary in a friendly way, and it's weird. Yeah. Because he comes from Labyrinth. You're, 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 okay. Meeting Matt is like, like, I gotta hear this. It's like that. It's like that scene from, from uh, Black Sheep when Chris Farley jumps in front of those people, does a little dance, and goes, "Vote for Donnelly." (laughs) Because at first you're really scared, but then you're like, "Oh, everything is good intentions." Oh, I want to be pissed, but it's too accurate. Yeah, he's like, it's good, though. It's right. Like, oh, I hate you. Yeah, oh, but everybody but loves Chris so Farley. Correct. So yeah. uh, being around Matt is like, especially getting to go to cons and stuff, it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> if it pops into Matt's head, it comes out. He's going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting behind him going, I can't, like, I want to know what life for Connie is like. Does, does she ever stand behind you? Oh, it's probably oh, torture. God. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Love it so much. And so I think for me, a lot of eye rolling. For me, having you be mo- one of my best friends, it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> like, yes, what he just did, best thing that's happened this week. <laughs> so I, I got to say this. Uh, my friend Erica that uh, from AtomicCotton.com, not a sponsor, but. No, hey, but on. fucking check her awesome stuff out. Shirts. Those shirts. We were looking at them the other day, just looking yeah. at like Matt was talking about them, and we, the three of us, got online. They're pretty badass, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. atomic, atomic cotton. cotton. Yeah, atomiccotton.com. Go over and check them out yeah. there. We don't get anything for it. Uh, also, go yeah. to Busted Tees and buy something. But we, yeah. <laughs> that we do. <laughs> atomic cotton. We just think they're that their shit is awesome. So go check yeah. them out. But go um, ahead. I'm sorry. Before we met in person, we had had 
several like Facebook comment interactions. Like we were commenting on mutual friends stuff without ever having talked to each other at first. And then, you know, just going like, Oh, Hey, you're, you're pretty cool. I like the, the thoughts you have in comment form, you know, and that was just kind of our interactions. And then I went to a convention and they had a booth there and I saw her from a distance and I was like, Hey, I still cringe <laughs> thinking about it to this day. Uh, it, it is the formation of our actual friendship that has gone on for like 13 years now. Oh, wow. Um, but I went, Hey, I know you, but you don't know me. That was <laughs> what came out of my mouth to a, a person of the opposite gender of, as myself and uh, could be taken kind of aggressively if you uh, don't know me and my intentions behind that. It was just like, hey, what's up? And it came off as, I know you, but you don't know me. You don't know and, me. Yeah. I so, see you in the park a lot walking. Yeah. So she very promptly went, oh, okay, cool. And like walked off. Um, and then later on, she went up to her husband, Zach, who is awesome and uh, a Muppet in a human form nice. in the best way possible. And I just kind of introduced myself. I was like, hey, I, I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> scared I, I think I scared the shit out of your wife. And he goes, oh, that was you? And I was like, uh-huh. You oh, know, I'm in a topic of conversation now. You know and, you've done the best thing ever when someone yeah. goes, oh, that was you. Oh, that was you. <laughs> oh, well. I've been talked about before I arrived. All right. It's pretty great. great. But yeah, I, I kind of reintroduced myself and, you know, it was like, Awkward first interactions, and yeah, every once in a while that pops up on Facebook memories. It's like, hey, you remember that time that you were really fucking creepy in public? Like, yeah, I do no, remember that. Thanks, thanks gonna, Mark Zuckerberg, for reminding need, me. You're going to need to narrow it down a little for Yeah, me. which time? You can't just time? say that. But, That's yeah. like looking at me and saying, hey, man, remember that time you said something inappropriate that should have stayed in your head and amongst your friends, mm-hmm. but you said it out loud? I'm like... It was the time yeah, in front which, of the funeral time? home. Hey, hey, man, you remember that time you tripped over your words and all your friends went, mm-hmm, and, uh, yeah, Maybe. called you out on it? Which time? Which time? Maybe. <laughs> I remember a time. It Was that, yeah. <laughs> is that the one you're speaking of? <laughs> Guys, we hope you enjoyed yourselves as much as we enjoyed having you here with us today. If you have not gone and checked us out online, go check us out online. Damn. Uh, all the social medias we told you earlier, you can check all of those out. The easiest place is just to go over to your mixtape pod, the mixtape www.themixtapepod.com. When I start to give the email address, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things, which is available over there. You can just go over to the website, check it out. There are direct links to all the interviews we've done. You can, you can get to all our social media through there. Uh, it's a really cool place to go check some things out. I realized suddenly, you know, we, we, post all the episodes go up there too you can listen directly through there and we actually got a review through there and i don't normally read reviews but i figured i might go ahead and read a a little review on the show if you guys uh have a moment and you don't mind leaving us a review it helps out a ton you guys have been doing uh wonderful things and we appreciate it so much man it means it means so much to us thank you so uh, this is by Kansas Hodors, <laughs> and they left us a review, and I kind of forgot that, that our PodBot thing that over there you could listen directly through, so this is cool. Uh, they said, I just started listening a few months ago, and I've, all, all I've got to say is that I have a ton of episodes to catch up on. The pop culture is amazing, and it definitely takes me back to all the awesome memories. I added the word awesome. It wasn't in there. 
It just happens. It pops into my head. All the memories I had as a kid, great work. Keep it up. And five stars. And that's, guys, if you could do that, we love you forever. We love you anyway, but we would really appreciate uh, any review that could be left. Please go over, leave us a small review. Helps the show out, really helps us climb. And that's what we're trying to do because we got some really, really cool shit planned uh, moving forward. Got some great interviews lined up for those of you who enjoy our interviews. As you've probably heard at this point, we've released a couple of bonus episodes. We hope to keep doing that. Please check out those bonus episodes. They're shorter. They're uh, different topics or a little more modern. Neely Broche, for example. Yeah. If you have not listened to that, you should. She's fantastic. And fun. Uh, some of our interviews are just a blast to listen to Ron Wasserman or to, to have and to be there with Ron Wasserman, for example, was a lot of fun. So please be checking those out. We appreciate it. Uh, over on the website as well, you will see friends of the show. Please go check all of them out because we love them truly, dearly, madly, deeply do. And you guys should be checking out their shows. I'm going to hand it over to these two fellows just for a second to see if they have anything I have forgotten or anything that they feel needs to be brought up before we exit this fun and exciting edition of the mixtape yeah i got check out the youtube always check out the youtube we're doing videos over there and uh it's fun and goofy and if you want to come be fun and goofy with us it's a good place to do it yeah we'll have you (laughs) we'll have you (laughs) we'll have you uh you're welcome i think that's it guys we appreciate everything and all that you do all the time please stick around we got much more to come And until next, we have the opportunity to speak with you people at home. Remember to always stay stay awesome. Oh, snap. Ah, Skiznot. Bringing the grooves. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Skiznot. We love you, Skiz. It's almost Weird Al in nature. It kind of is. To us for this song. He didn't write it even though he thinks he did. Yeah. Yeah.